It's that time of the week. It is a Finance Friday. I'm Zach Blackerby. Taco is sitting in the corner. And uh, it's our own Lindsey Crosby of Mid-South Bank joining us as he is in Texas. Hello. It's the magic of pre-recording. Yes. So if you were listening to the show yesterday, you heard me celebrate one of my favorite days of the year. It's your day. Uh, it's uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla Day. I love Bobby Bonilla Day. And so I want to use Bobby Bonilla Day to teach a really important financial lesson to everyone. Be smarter than the Mets? That's not hard to do. Okay. But the actual so the actual lesson. All right. So let me, if, in case you didn't listen yesterday, let me recap Bobby Bonilla Day. All right. Bobby Bonilla, Major League Outfielder from 1986 to 2001. Um, yesterday, he got paid $1.2 million uh, to not play baseball. Uh, specifically, $1,193,248.20. So, really good outfielder when he was in his prime. Six-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, uh, two top five MVP vote finishes, one of the better switch-hitting sluggers of his generation. Uh, in 1999, he was kind of towards the end of his career. Two-year, $12, uh, $12 million deal with the Mets, and he was not very good in year one. Mm-hmm. Through 60 games, he was batting like 160, had four home runs, and the Mets wanted to cut him and save the $5.9 million he was owed in 2000 and not have to pay out that money right away. So they had an idea, and they said, listen, we want to do a deferred contract. So long story short, they would pay him nothing for 10 years. He would not get the $5.9 million in the year 2000. What they would do is they would start paying him $1.2 million a year for 25 years starting July 1st, 2011 and ending July 1st, 2035 when Bobby Bonilla would be 72 years old. It's just so ridiculous that people would agree. like, why would they offer that? That is amazing. Yeah, well, there's a reason. They had they had a thought process here. Uh, the, the final total comes out to like $30 million. And it's funny because Bobby Bonilla this year will make more than 12 current Mets players who are playing as of Monday night played Gosh. for the Mets, uh, including 2019 All-Star Jeff McNeil, their starting second baseman, and uh, 2019 Rookie of the Year Pete Alonzo, who plays first. Both those guys together make what Bobby Bonilla is making this year to have not played for the Mets since 1999. So, okay. So the reason for this, it all comes back to Mets owner Fred Wilpon. All right. So uh, his thought process was if I can defer this money, then I have cash right now that I can invest and make a return on. And I'm making more than 8% with my money manager that I'm using. Um, the returns are so high that we're still going to make money even after I cut these checks for deferred salary to Bobby Bonilla. The problem is that money manager is prisoner number 617-27-054 in Federal Corrections in North Carolina. You may know him as Bernie Madoff. He perpetrated what is to date the largest financial crime in the history of the United States. It's a $64 billion Ponzi scheme. He promised investors double-digit returns, and he had a huge net of people that fell victim to this. Um, Hollywood celebrities, Kevin Bacon, Steven Spielberg, professional athletes, a sports team, even a Nobel Peace Prize winner fell victim to this thing. Wow. Yeah, Holocaust survivor Ellie Weisel lost uh, half a million dollars to him. So he was sentenced to 150 years in jail, and he actually died of natural causes in April 2021. But... 
It's really, it, it's really funny. Uh, a former front office employee told the New York Times, uh, the quote was that Bernie was part of the business plan for the Mets. And so the, the financial losses for the combined investments of the owners, the team, and the charitable organizations uh, that were run by the club were significant. Uh, like cash flow for the day-to-day operations of the Mets were paid out of Madoff accounts. Deferrals were offered to all of the free agents with the savings, that's savings in air quotes, directed to go into a Madoff investment account. So Fred Wilpon and his brother, between them and their non-Mets businesses, had over 500 separate investment accounts with Bernie Madoff. So, like, their business model became, we are only going to sign an expensive free agent if we can defer their money because I'm going to make money off the contract with Madoff's investment firm. So Bernie Madoff had a direct impact on the amount of money the Mets had to sign players, which had a direct impact on the quality of the players signed, which had a direct impact on the quality of the overall roster. So, like, it's easy to assume if if um, if Fred Wilpon did not have the option to defer contracts and make money by paying it off later, the Mets probably would not have had the little bit of relevance they had in the 2000s, in the late 90s and 2000s. And then they're not 100% clear whether or not, like, there's there's a little bit of debate whether or not the deferring the money was made for investment reasons or baseball reasons. It just so happens the Mets traded for pitcher Mike Hampton in the year 2000, whose salary was just about the same as what Bobby Bonilla was supposed to be paid. So, you know, and, and they made the playoffs in 2000. So the question is, like, you know, do we know, we don't know for 100% certainty because so much of this happened under NDAs and, you know, the, the lawsuit was sealed and all of that. But right. the fact remains, the Mets took an enormous financial hit after Bernie Madoff was arrested. They actually had to take a, pay, a loan from MLB of $25 million dollars in 2010 to make payroll. They went from a perpetual top five payroll team. They had capped out at, at second highest payroll in 2008, all the way down to like 22nd in 2014. Yikes. And uh, their spending has still not returned to the level it was before Bernie Madoff was arrested. Like, wow. Bernie Madoff was a part of this team. He had season tickets uh, in the in the box next to the owner's box. Mm-hmm. He commuted. Um, into town with Fred Wilpon, like they rode in the same car together into town. They lived in the same neighborhood. They were a hundred percent kind of you know wrapped together uh, in everything that they did. And obviously, we see the impact it had on the Mets. And Bobby Bonilla is the beneficiary because even though the Mets have been sold, they have to honor that contract. He still gets all of that money. But the thirty million dollar question is this: Was it a bad idea? Are you going to tell us next? After the break. All right. This is Auburn Opelika this morning. It's a Finance Friday. Lindsey Crosby of Mid-South Bank taking us through, uh, well, you're really just talking about Bobby Bonilla as much as you possibly can this week. Yeah, pretty much. It's, my again, one of my favorite days of the year. But there's a huge economic concept that I'm trying to get to with all of this. Okay. okay. So the $30 million question is, was deferring the contract a bad idea? And believe it or not, the idea was good. Okay. The execution was bad. Okay. So the huge economic concept we're talking about is the principle of compounding interest. So think of it like this, and this is probably for Taco. Uh, compounding interest is where the interest that you earn gets added back to your original investment. 
and now you earn interest on the new larger amount, and you do that over and over. So think of it like a snowball rolling downhill. It's picking up more money as it goes, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And if you already knew that, great. And if you did not, let that be the single takeaway from this segment. Like the thing you need to know is the power of compounding interest. I lied. There's two things you need to know. The Mets are terrible and the power of compounding interest. Okay. So the money you start with earns interest. You have more money. You have what you started with plus the interest. And then this bigger pile of money earns more interest. And then your even bigger pile earns more and so on and so forth. So you're, a small investment can turn into a large amount of money using this principle. So invest an example to show you how this plays out. All right. Historically, the stock market averages about a 10% return each year. Caveat supply, past performance on indicative of future performance, not adjusted for inflation, blah, 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 blah. Over the long run, the stock market returns about 10% per year. So if you start with $1,000 in the stock market and you're reinvesting all of your earnings, your money should double in about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll have $2,000. And then it'll double again in seven more years. And then it'll double again seven years after that. So after 30 years of compounding interest, your original $1,000 has snowballed into $17,000. So the basic, most simple piece of investing advice is this. When you get a dollar, invest it as soon as possible. Your retirement works like this. Your kid's college fund works like that. Your fire fund, whatever you're investing on, works like that. The fire fund is the financial independence retire early. That's the thing you do so, Got you can, it. so you can quit working. Got it. Yeah, that's separate from your retirement, but whatever. I can't wait to quit working. <laughs> I know, right? It's kind of the dream. Um, and so like this opens a whole new door about whether paying cash or borrowing on credit is better for making a purchase. And that depends on how much you're paying for the loan versus how much you can make on the investment because you're calculating the opportunity cost of spending cash versus the potential investment income. That's another show. Um, but this is the business model that, like that that I do in with the bank. I am get paying people interest on their deposit accounts, and then I am turning around and loaning out money because the thought process for me is I can charge more in interest than I am paying in interest. I can charge more on like in interest on a loan than I am paying a deposit account for interest. That's where my bank makes money. So, like, if you need to borrow money, give me a call. So, back to the year 2000. The Mets are asking to keep more than just $6 million of Bobby Bonilla's money, if you think about it. They're asking to keep all of the potential money that Snowball could make as well. Like, the Mets, and not Bobby, get all those years of compounding interest to make money. And they've got a lot of options on how they can take that $6 million. They can invest it in the stock market. Uh, They can invest it in new players and then make more money by making the playoffs or winning the World Series. Spoiler alert, they did not win the World Series. Shocking. Um, Maybe they can invest in stadium upgrades to attract more fans and get them to spend more money per visit. Bottom line is this. They had options to grow Bobby Bonilla's money, and when they had to pay him in the future, they should have had more money. And they, since they, they decided on 8%. They said as long as we're making more than 8% on on the invested money – um, we're good. We just have to invest the money well, which turned out to kind of be a big if mm-hmm. because the guy they were investing it with went to jail. That's a that's a shame. Yeah. Now, funny story, the owners of the Mets got sued for $1 billion by uh, the the bankruptcy trustee who was in charge of taking care of all this stuff. And it was a 
you know, between the amount of money that the Mets and the Wilpons made plus the indirect losses they caused by introducing Madoff to other people and all of that stuff, you know, you owe a billion dollars to this group of people. And I think they settled for like $140 million, something like that. Uh, but they also had to sell the Mets. Mm-hmm. And so now new owner Steve Cohen is um hedge fund guy. He's I believe he's the richest owner in baseball. And so he's actually proposed um, the idea of bringing Bobby Bonilla to Washington, I'm sorry, to Washington, to New York and giving him the check at a ceremony on the field before the game mm-hmm. on July 1st. And that will or will not have happened by the time you listen to this. But I love it. If it was me, I'd fully lean into Bobby Bonilla Day. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's such a disaster. You might as well own it. Exactly. I am happy for that dude. I am so thrilled for him. The thing about my Bonilla Day, it's one of my favorite holidays because it brings the world together around baseball and money and making fun of the Mets. And really, it's the only holiday that celebrates the magic of compounding interest. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Do you think it should be... The kind of thing where we don't have to go to work on Bobby Bonilla Day because Bobby Bonilla made a lot of money and he hasn't worked in like two decades. We should all get July 1st off. And honor honor Bobby Bonilla, I'm not working on July 1st. uh, Yeah, you're not even really here talking to us right now. Nope, I'm in Texas. Yep, it's crazy how we're doing that. I'm in Waco. Shout out to Chip and Joanna. Um, if, (laughs) If folks want to reach out to you for any kind of financial product, what is the best way for them to do that next week when you're back in town? Next week, it'll be come by Mid-South Bank, 519 East Glen Avenue in Auburn, or call me at 334-521-6009.